0: Welcome to this latest edition of Santa Cruz County, Crossroads of Cultures and uh, Commerce. And today we're at a very special place and we're with a very special guest. Uh, We're joined today by Bill Steen, but I'm also joined here uh, by two uh, friends with the county, Aisa Huerta and Juan Miguel is also joining us. And I'm Alex Lapierre, uh, the principal historian behind the project. And today we're talking with the exhibition photographer, uh, Mr. Bill Steen. And he's invited us up here to his lovely house here in Canelo. And we're going to start off by talking with him and finding out who he is. And uh, Bill, tell us who you are and and what's your connection here to Santa Cruz County.
1: Wow, all that into one sentence? Or um, well, when I moved here, I didn't didn't realize sort of where I was going in terms of my connection to the county. I mean I knew the area because we come down here when I was young as a kid from Tucson where I was born. But <clears throat> and then I would see mention that my grandmother had been born in Santa Cruz across from Loquiel. But then the more I got into it and the more people started sending me papers and things like that, I discovered that my great great grandparents were with the original settlers of that town. Right? Going back to like eighteen twenty or thereabouts. And um, so I think it's just there in my blood. I mean, on one level. I think mean, it's just whatever forces pulled me here. Because I looked for a place for a long time. Within a year, and I found nothing. And one day, I just happened to pick up the newspaper late at night. There was, it said Canelo, right? So many acres of That's it, right? So there's that connection. My, my great-grandfather comes from Banamichi. On the Rio of Sonora, so um, that's my connection. and I came down here. I don't know. It was the property that drew me. I didn't really know what exactly I was going to do. Uh, it was like really vague. <laughs> and um, and over the years, my life, Athena, and I, since that was eighty four when I came, she came a few years later. And we've unfolded this into what's called the Canelo Project, and uh, primarily focused on, at the time we started with an accent on Adobe materials, earthen materials, and then straw bale walls for insulation. Uh, So we were looking at energy efficiency, Um, but now my kids are teaching as well, Um, and so that palette has expanded, we've gotten You can say we've gotten better at it, better able to teach people. And so we run four or five workshops here a year, thereabouts. Uh, And as far as I go, I don't have, other than many years ago being a cultural anthropologist, um, I always say I'm I'm not like a a this or that, I'm like a verb, meaning I'm always either photographing teaching workshops working with clay plastering gardening right yeah so i'm a verb
0: You're A verb yeah, yeah. <laughs> not only do you have workshops here but you also go abroad and you also teach yeah now we just got
1: back from a month in japan we were there working on a project at a museum there hmm. <clears throat> plus we've worked with a lot of japanese so they've come here so it was really our first trip there
0: and you guys have also authored several books too right
1: Yeah, we've got a number of them uh, from, uh, I think the most relevant, you know, the one that put us on the map was one called the Straw Whale House, so they had the right kind of cover. People buy books for their covers mostly. (laughs) But the most relevant, I think one of the more interesting ones we did with a Japanese photographer called Built by Hand, and it's sort of um, local vernacular materials around the world. Uh, it's a really great photo book in terms of uh, that it's built by hand, and there's there's a number of other smaller, smaller books.
0: So we talked a little bit about your work in natural building. where Where did your love for photography really start?:
1: Probably when I had <clears throat> my father gave me a brownie, you know one of those little brownie cameras when I was when I was a kid. But I think it really had started to unfold, and it was in um, here in Canelo. I was a guy who had just moved here as the first caretaker of the Nature Conservancy Preserve over here. And um, he had come, he was the editor of the Haight-Ashbury newspaper called The Oracle. And he had all these recordings from that the different poets and writers, and you know, Allen Ginsberg and Garrett Snyder and all these people. And I was sharing a house with a friend of mine who was teaching photography at the university. And um, so he needed you needed photos to go with all these recordings. So he did this great program called Happenstance. <laughs> Typical of that period, and uh, a lot of the stuff we shot down here, right? Other things, and this is where I really started thinking more seriously about it. And so, back in those years,
0: and and how do uh, with the photography, you've kind of focused in on a, a certain geographic region uh, of the world that you've really uh, are in love with. Can you can you speak about that a little bit more?
1: Well, I think part of it is just this environment here, right, and from here south, because, you know, when, you, when you're growing up, I mean, I traveled extensively through Mexico in years prior, but the, when I found out my, my great-grandfather was from Baramichia, and my grandfather, my mother, before she died, she said, I just have one request, and she said, you should go visit the town where they're from okay <laughs> so but the only thing i knew about before then was they going kind of like beaches you know margaritas and you know chips and salsa all that kind of stuff so <clears throat> the, on my first trip down there this is before there was internet or maps well there's a map one map pemex had a map so i took off with my map and i had really no clear cl- clue where i was going and. Um, this cowboy is riding his horse down the middle of the road, stopped me. We had this <clears throat> great conversation because he said, in a really boisterous voice, he said, what are you, what are you doing? And I said, mm, I said, I'm not totally sure. He said, what? How can you, know, how can you not know what you're doing? He said, that's not, not possible. And we went back and forth on that. And then he said, well, he said, "Bottom line is that you can't drive now, anyway." I was kind of shocked, I down and I looked at him. So quiet, I said. It was about one o'clock, and I said, "Is there a law?" "Yeah," he said. Looked at me again, like, "Are you nuts?" Right? <clears throat> he said, "No, it's la hora de la comida." Oh, okay. Well, I said, "Is there a restaurant?" There's like. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> There's this <laughs> tiny place called Chinapa um, between Arispe and Bakwachi. He said, oh God, he said, who are you? Bill? He said, no, you've not even this is my house right there, right? That adobe. He said, you can eat with me. So I left about three days later. Wow. And I'd never met anybody like this guy. And I kept going. I'd never met people like this. You know, it was like this total rural culture. I understand what got to Warner and his book here, right, with the people back from the Sierra in that direction. So, yeah, it just took in. I still haven't run out of things to learn. Mm. Right? It was really sort of because so, food always interests me. So I wanted to know um, how that evolved and uh so that's always been fascinating to me
0: well it seems like this really fascinating confluence of you know your own personal family history your interest in you know cultural anthropology and then just kind of following on your on your mother's wish that you go down there and then uh, documenting it with yeah, photography I, you know, I,
1: I may have never gone right if she hadn't made that request but <clears throat> since i never obeyed her anyway right mm. i thought <laughs> I should at
2: least do this one thing yeah <laughs> yeah
1: yeah it was great it was just i mean i didn't really end up, i mean i drove through banamichi and looked at it but there's really no hotel or any place to stay and i ended up
2: <clears throat>
1: just outside of san felipe in the country, uh, at the hot springs there and camp there and uh and so i pulled in at uh <clears throat> Some Felipe come in, that's a T, and there's a house right on the corner. So I went to the, you know, knock on the door and said, which way are the hot spring, right or left? And he said, Well, follow the road to the left. And the next sentence was, do you want to buy some bacanora?
0: He <laughs> <laughs> saw a client, a potential client there <laughs> with the directions. And he yeah. said,
1: yeah. I said, how much is it? I don't know, wherever it was. $25 a gallon. I said, I don't want a gallon. (laughs) It's the only way I sell it. I said, okay. So I took my gallon and went out. And so they became close friends. And um, he and his wife came here for years, right, until they both passed away. Actually, the first guy I met on the road, his daughter, yeah, his daughter still cooks for our workshops. Uh, uh, so I'm still thirty years later still connected still with those guys. friends with them, yeah.
0: Uh-huh. Amazing. And uh so what what is the you know the, the kind of the documentary and been like over the last course of the thirty years uh, photog- uh doing photography here in the borderlands? Is well, anything... if I
1: really understood what I was doing, you know, that was kind of I would have been way better at it. Mm. But um I um more mostly I would you know it's like I went backwards because I would just shoot photos because I I liked the the image that I saw mm-hmm. and then I started piecing things together later but probably the other thing that really got to me also was one uh, early on uh, it was kind of a second decade to my or plus to my years in Banamichi you know, I went to um, the the <clears throat> the people there they they. The hotel at the time, and they were said, you know, and I was just I was staying in one of their apartments, and I was photographing things at random. And the the wife said, "You should go to the plaza this afternoon, right? There's going to be a performance by the folklore group of the high school." Yeah, I just <clears throat> I have to laugh at myself because I thought in my head, high school. Don't, How good can this be, right? Yeah, I thought kind of typical Jalisco dance, you know. So I dismissed it, and we went off taking other photos. But it just so happened that in our walk through town, we ended up there at the plaza. Yeah. I saw this. I was just stunned, you know. It was because I'd never seen dances from the north. The polkas from Chihuahua, the Sonora Bronco, right? it's called. Wow, I thought. Plus, I thought these kids are really good. So it turned out they had just won that year, first place for the whole country of Mexico on the high school level. They're that good. Mm-hmm. And he's continu- So <clears throat> my first thought was, well, people in Tucson should see this or somewhere. I contacted Tucson Meet Yourself, and it was a good time because. Uh, it was, they were coming off this great program called Hands Across the Border with the schools. They would take students this way and they'd go that way. And so most of these kids had visas, so it was easy for them to travel. Um, so we, um, I set it up uh, for them when they came up. Oh, it was just a, you know, a drama and a half because once they got here, Trying to move them around, I had to borrow cars, you know, from neighbors to get them driven up to Tucson and back for this thing, and then back down to their bus. And it was like so. In one of those conversations, I was talking to the kids, and I said, "Well, how come more kids don't do this, right, through the valley?" And they said, "Well, because there's no real transportation. You know, a lot of us have to hitchhike back and forth to the towns, right? and often it's in at night." Yeah So I thought, well, how hard can that be to get um, a vehicle for them, something they could move with? Yeah So I wrote a blog post back then, and I posed the girls like pointed skirt on hitchhiking. <laughs> <laughs> and saying, "Hey, how about anybody interested give these kids uh, donations so that we can buy a vehicle?" It was piddling along. I mean, it was not moving fast. Fifty dollars here, a hundred dollars there. You know, but I thought, my God, this is going to take ten years to buy, you know, buy a van or something. So we were working in Denver. I never forget the phone call they called from home. And said, "We think you ought to call this lady. She called that wanted to give money." She, yeah, what? I said, "Sure." <clears throat> but anyway, so I followed through and I called her up and. She was great. She said, well, how much money do you need? I said, I oh, don't know. We never, I said, I haven't even started looking for a vehicle. She was like, you hear, hear this pause? She said, go find one, right? Tell me how much it is and I'll write you a check. <laughs> it's like, oh, wow, okay. Yeah. So, <clears throat> um, yeah, I think it was that. You know, it was that kind of older years, like 2009. Kids were more formal then. You know, they were very extremely polite. If they said, I love you, all the girls lined up and came and gave you a kiss on the cheek, right? And it was, everybody would file through. And so I think partially it was a little bit that. And then the appreciation they gave for getting this vehicle. We bought it, got a van for them. And then it's still running.
2: That's the miracle too. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Other than COVID, uh, uh, I I messed up on the dates since 2009. They've been here every year. They stay with us for Tucson meet. So yeah. So that's you know, it's always been a big part of our life that way.
0: Yeah, some of my favorite photographs uh, that you've taken are portraits of a lot of the the students that are in the, the ballet yeah, Folklorico. Yeah, you can do some exhibit on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have that. <laughs> no, no, no. And so speaking of exhibits, um, you know, we've kind of brought your 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 talent and your skills uh, into this exhibit, um, to really kind of um illustrate and enhance this exhibit this history exhibition. Um, communicating what Santa Cruz County uh, is could you could you talk if about yeah. just
1: a, you know people don't I think it's, it's hard to <clears> to
2: <throat>
1: really understand how much people understand the connection between Sonora and how that's influenced the foods and how it's influenced the culture up in this part of the world and uh, Obviously, it's much older across the border here, but and it was really hard to live in this part of the world uh, up until they rounded up Geronimo because the Apaches were so, you know, marauding, raiding everything. And so, but I think it's incredibly value, valuable to, I mean, I'd say it's kind of it, the reach was all the way up to Tucson as well. Not the Phoenix so much. I mean, there's sort of a cutoff point where this bottom part of the state is really Hispanic influenced, and yeah. you know, I'm I knew the people that there weren't many. The old schoolhouses here were, um, oh, you know, various locals went to school, and it was I don't know the cutoff year. Bird Lindsay who's up there, went to that school, so he knows that better than than I do. But it's the old one-room schoolhouse that was, you know, just Classic, but um, no, they were still, you know, floodwater farming up here in the early, you know, 1900s. And um, that culture was alive and well. And uh, people settled initially, I think, the the San Rafael Valley, and um, then gradually emigrated up here. But due to the name, there either was some guy with red hair living here or a horse, one of the, I don't know which, but... You know.
0: For Canelo, Cinnamon. Yeah, Yeah, it
1: had to be one or the other. And the boxer wasn't alive then, nor was the hot dog guy. So, you know.
0: It uh, had to be something. Yeah, Yeah. connected there. For Canelo, yeah. And so there's the we, you mentioned the, the schoolhouse here. I'm just driving here to your place. We also passed the, 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 the forest ranger station. Could you talk a little bit about that?
1: You know, there's a guy, Andy Schmidt, who actually lived there. He he's either in Tucson or his father was the ranger there for a while. And um, so he had some growing up years there. I mean, everything I know is secondhand. Those were built by the Civilian Conservation Corps probably in the 30s. Mm-hmm. And they're all locally made out of adobes. I know. and uh, it's kind of interesting because I still find down there asparagus I find occasionally a strawberry plant. They had a huge garden you know because I was trying to track you know why there is an irrigation ditch running right down in front of the buildings there, and it 's because they brought the water out the stream there and then we're feeding the um the, the garden down below.
0: Wow, self-sufficient back in the day here. That's, yeah. that's
1: awesome, yeah. And, you know, there's been, you know, you, again, I don't know so much. I mean, there's a real cast of characters who work there, the different rangers and, and their feats. And the one guy I knew was, his father had deserted Pancho Villa somewhere and come up and started off in the San Rafael, living down there before they came up here. And his name was Alex Gonzalez. And Alex, you, you never knew what Alex was telling you, whether it was a small, right, sidetracked from the truth, or a big one, right? <laughs> <laughs> but when they were first hiring people to work for the Forest Service, the guy said, who here, there's about, he said, 30 people there. Who, could, who knows how to drive a bulldozer? Of course, back then nobody. But Alex, I do, right? He said, "Okay, you're hired." Right? And he figured it out from there. Yeah.
2: So, yeah. <laughs> so just be willing.
1: <laughs> I should have paid more attention, right, to his um, stories. Than that, but you know, because of him, I know how to eat bayotas. I know how. You know, he's like gave me all these little details about and who lived here way back on this property, wow.
0: right? Yeah, we're kind of up here, almost at 5,000 feet in elevation, yeah. and you mentioned bayotas. What what are those for folks that might not know what they are? They
1: are the the acorn that comes off the little, you know how to eat them? Yeah, see? I've had them, but I don't know how to them. Okay, <laughs> so, well, mostly you just eat them, but <clears throat> now they're a small acorn, and, they're extremely popular down in Sonora. I don't think anybody does anything with them. They're, uh, yeah, they, they make cookies, right? These kind of meringue-type cookies. Just like not my favorites, but I like to, you know, people sit around and snack on them. You yeah. know, they just sit there at the table drinking coffee, beer, or whatever, and they're kind of like peanuts sure. in, in that sense. Yeah, yeah. But I went so far as to even. Um, take my friends in and I had them collect them for me and then they ground them up in the flour. And I brought them out and played around making, you know what it really goes well in, you know how you add um, different nuts to make pesto? Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: The bayotas go really well, right, with it substituting them for uh, whatever nut is conventionally put into the pesto. Oh,
2: wow, interesting. And we
1: played around making, I mean, it's really versatile. Probably the best thing was, there was a woman here when I had that flour on hand, and um, she's a good cook, and she was, her specialty was pie. So I said, okay, Danny, what would you, I said, what do you want to do with this? I said, let's make an icebox tart. So I don't know what that is, but it sounds really good. <laughs> so I don't know if she, I have the recipes somewhere, but I must have mixed a little bit of wheat flour in with the bayotas. And then it was just a, a pressed crust. It wasn't um, necessarily cooked or anything. It was uh-huh. just pressed into place. And then she made um, a filling out of um, a usual like, cheesecake kind of thing, like cheesecake cream cut. cheese. Sour cream, whatever. But the real killer was, um, on top of that, these pink grapefruit, oh. right? That we sprinkled raw sugar on and then took the propane torch and, you know, caramelized oh, man, it. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Oh, that combination—the grapefruit with the bayotes—and uh, you know, just like unbelievably good.
0: Wow, Canela cuisine, very oh, much yeah, so. Absolutely. <laughs> That's awesome. Man. We, yeah, I
1: try to get that into Linda's book, right? Like, uh, ah, yeah, yes,
0: yeah, it. yeah. No, they didn't want it, that recipe. No. Yeah. It was like, hey, right? No, it's a great one. It's, it's really. And so, yeah, Bill's latest book that he's got his photos published in is *Feels Like Home*, which is Linda Ronstadt's book and reflections about about Tucson, Tucson Sonora. Sonora. Yeah. Do you want to speak about working on that book a little bit, or no. the photographers? No. No. <laughs> no. Uh, well, if you don't. <laughs> We can keep on the food track. And... I think
1: probably that it's it's a it's a it's a really good book, especially for Linda's fans, because mm. it really traces her you know her life in terms of being born in Tucson, what that was like, and some of her family roots in Sonora, right? Mm, yeah, uh, which also go back to Banamichi. Um But um, so it. Um, I think it's great in that sense. For me, one of the problems was that she also had, not exactly, started off as a ghostwriter to help, because she can't type with her fingers in her palsy. But, um, you know, he was a New York Times reporter, and so I was, you know, he was gonna be the authority, so to speak. So he tried to write the recipes and also interpreted some of those. I have my differences with that, but nonetheless, despite a lot of them are good, the book's yeah. good. I mean, and my photos are great. You, love it just for that, you
0: know. Yeah, there's a great photo of you at the end. I love that that portrait of you um, as well. <laughs> uh, but we we uh, speaking of food and and photographs, we we one of my favorite parts about working on this project was going down with you to Cocina La Ley, where we captured a little bit of the the cuisine of Santa oh, Cruz great. County. Can you can you talk about that a little bit, please? What was that like? Yeah.
1: I don't know. It's kind of That was the interesting thing for me And if I think about Nogales, I don't think, at least on the American side, I don't think a lot about moriscos, you know. It's like, it's not the first thing that comes to mind, right? Mm. I think of the old taco truck, the pariquitin, right? Yeah, yeah. That was what was most familiar. But then I started thinking about Zulus, right?
2: Yeah. <laughs> and
1: stuff like that, but. That was really fun because it was really a great experience going there and watching how this local family had just, I I love the fact that you turn off the main road, go down a dirt road, that's that's just perfect. (laughs) So just watching that ingenuity go to work there is like incredible. So I think what they're doing is an amazing
0: thing. Great, great, wonderful. I love their
1: sign right uh, during yeah. hangovers for 30 years yeah uh, they have right? some <laughs> awesome radio Perfect. clips too yeah
0: <laughs> that's the message it's clear I, mean,
1: I think if you say what is there about that people don't get about the culture down there or from that part of the world it's that element there's, there's not exactly the appreciation or the understanding of it right that kind of the informality, the you know, uh, and I think that part's just fabulous, right? Mm, yeah. Um, so and that's what I get from there.
0: Yeah. It um, does have that feeling, you, you know, turn especially
1: off, you gotta look like an old mechanic shop or
0: something. I don't know. But... yeah, you gotta know about it to go to exactly. be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a
1: word of mouth kind of thing. They don't have a huge advertising budget or anything
0: like no. that. <laughs> and
1: obviously they didn't spend a hundred thousand dollars fixing the place up.
0: Yeah, in the family, so so great there no, too. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, she's yeah, marvelous. really nice. Yeah, yeah, Lorena. She was so, great. She
1: was very quick on her feet. Uh, I wanted to get her a photo of the food. I said, no. I said, <laughs> I said, come on. I said, people say I do miracles with portraits. Well, she said, listen, boy, you're going to need two of them.
0: Two <laughs> <laughs> <Do> miracles. Wow. <laughs> Oh, well, we didn't get that photograph, but we got some other amazing yeah, we photographs. Did. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. They'll be in the exhibit.
0: I Fantastic. Mean. Yeah. Um, uh, Bill, um, if people want to find out more about the Canelo Project, how can they?
1: Caneloproject.com. Dot com? It's a great website. My, okay. my wife and my daughter-in-law did. and uh, It'll keep you busy a long time. It's really deep
0: perfect to really pour so, about the natural building workshops and all the work to that you guys a do, lot you of
1: know. our history in terms of our early you know when we first started doing this work because um when, typical of our style when uh we decided to write this book and that was for a number of reasons but it was like okay we'd spent all our money our cash We'd maxed out credit cards, traveling around, getting photos, interviews, and this kind of stuff. So there we are sitting. It's going to be probably six months or longer before we see any royalties. So here we are, you know, just sort of (laughs) resourceless. And uh, the U of A called us up from the Farmer to Farmer Program, Anthropology Department, and said, hey, How would you like to work in Ciudad Obregón? And it's kind of like, I made probably a funny face to say. (laughs) That's the place I drive through, and I hope I don't have to stop on my way (laughs) to Alamos or somewhere. (laughs) It sounded about as uninteresting and unappealing. I was like, but that's life. You know, that's the great thing about it is that you, they say, well, we can't pay you, but we'll give you food, accommodations, and travel money. It's a deal, right? So we took it. And their problem was they were burning lots of straw, the residue from the wheat, Norman Borlaug's Green Revolution. And they wanted us to build houses and say, so they could say, oh, we have a great solution to you know all the excess straw. We can build houses with it. It's like, well, okay. But what worked out was we were working through Save the Children Foundation. And when we started that, the first day we went, we met a a family, two brothers who had actually done their own little straw bale house at that time. But it was in one of these new colonias that they were, you know, opening up from Ponavit and... The, you know the sewer canal was open, and you know just like trash everywhere. I thought, oh my god, right. So I'm coming from and Rio Sonora, and that you know background. Wow, well, you know, yeah. The thought of spending time working in Obregón was not very appealing. Mm-hmm. But as we got to know these people, it turned out they're really amazing. These two brothers, in particular. Uh, were so knowledgeable and, and they were willing to innovate and they saw you know the peso had devalued at that point and the cost of cement was driven sky high so they were looking for alternatives and and there are a number of things we did but the um i think the most significant was with those guys and the rest of their family. I think there's about 12 kids. Uh, many of them were involved. We worked on this 5,000 square foot office building. And Save the Children was just very hands-off, just do what you want to do, and we did. <laughs> so, but we explored many different options and you know, alternatives, that many of which we still use today. And that was really, in many ways, much of our foundation in many parts. Of course, other elements. I mean, Athena comes from New Mexico, from the Pueblos up there through her mother. And there's an the influence coming through. But it all sort of came together. That story, I think, or at least many photos from that
0: project are on our website. Mm, yeah. So that, that experience was kind of formative right in that oh, period. Very yeah. much. Yeah. I mean,
1: and... Uh, And those guys continued because they got visas through, say, the children. They they continued many years in relationship with us, and that's why we have that little um, booklet we did. We, the grandfather of that family, because during summers it'd be so hot there that you know he couldn't work, Um, and uh, we started bringing him up here to work with us, and he'd spend sort of April to October and just let him do whatever he wanted to do and he and my kids were little then so they really grew up under a lot of that influence and he was the guy the kind of guy who grew up in one of the haciendas and you know you made everything you made your you grew crops you made your clothes you you know you approach life like that so you know he was the kids were just soaking up his knowledge and his influence over so he was formative well. in that sense so those were yeah many of the benefits of you know who we are and what we did came from that period
0: yeah it's really a life-changing experience too yeah, and at, a, at an right. important with the with the publishing of the book at an important point there too awesome well i wanted to turn it over to aisa and Juan miguel do you have any questions for bill
2: um
1: i was actually going to ask you that particular question <laughs> um as if you had kind of like a roundabout experience as a result of a specific photo that you were planning on taking. Um, I imagine you've taken hundreds of thousands of photos. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Probably. Uh, I don't have a number, but they're up there. And there, is there another, because they're so prolific in, in storytelling, is there another? I think stories always. Is... If I'm shooting a photo, I mean, one, I have to like the scene, but two, I'm always thinking story. And do you find yourself as emotionally impacted by the photos you take? Oh, sometimes, yeah, very much so. <clears throat> I mean, I'm vo- very visually driven that way. So, right, um, especially if I feel like I really captured the, the moment. And um, and I see, I mean, for example, with Facebook, there's, a, <laughs> there's a, you know, the thing with the likes, of, I'm sorry they took away the dislikes. I think that was a bad move. But anyway, so you get to see, it's not like I'm looking for reinforcement of my ego, but I get to see what people respond to. I find that really interesting. And when you really see, I learn from that to see what people take in and what speaks to them. And, um, yeah answer? Absolutely.
3: Thank okay. you. All right. Thank you. That, that connection was okay. really beautiful. You have a One, two, three, two. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was actually kind of uh, uh, similar to Aisa's because talking a, a little bit before the interview, you talked about uh, your work that you do with Adobe having like its own feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so I feel especially with photography nowadays, there's um, people are very much focused on like technique and composition, which I think obviously is very important. But specifically there's also that aspect of capturing a feeling in a photograph. Is that is that something that you actively oh, try yeah, to know,
1: I mean I think I don't think I actually defined it that way, but I really I I know I look for that. Right. And right. I think there's enough people the way I look at it, photographing the horrors of the world right i mean one can really go down that track and it's a depressing you know track and i not that he was a photographer but in terms of a writer there was you know chuck or charles bowden and you know the doing that he was doing that in waters right during those bad years and that really consumed him i mean i think that was spelled as his end i mean so i think people really need reinforce i mean the the more you can tell a positive spin on a story and right. bring out the, the parts of the story people don't know about and give them a feeling of feeling better after having seen, then yeah,
3: I mean that's how I approach it and how I think about it. Right, and and listening to your story about uh, the photographs you took down at, at Cocina Valais, I, I I just think that so that was a whole vibe and you know because I've I've been there. So to be able to capture what it feels like to be there, that must Yeah,
1: I, the only thing I, I regret is not getting her. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: would go back just to do
1: that, right? Maybe I'll go back just for perform one day and pursue that. Is you
3: know, there, there any one? I
1: think the point, too, you know, what really sort of, I mean, I was always fairly good early on with photographs just as, in, you know, Standalone images, but what really honed me uh, were the years on the Rio Sonora, and um, I say that because in the beginning, going up to complete strangers and wanting, um, you know, one having to connect with them, get rapport with them, get a photo from, them, get a photo, you know. The the famous photographer, Cartier-Bresson, said to really get a portrait, you need to get between the person's shirt and their skin. Mm. You have to get – you can get access to places, I found. But what's made me successful there is I've been accepted. And that doesn't always come so easy. Mm. And so, yeah, now – Early on where I had I was fairly timid about it. I have no
3: I mean, I don't even think twice about it anymore It's almost like taking an x-ray of the soul of the person.
1: Yeah, it's really it's fascinating when you really look at It's like you know there's certain people i have done multiple times over the years um, and you look at kind of where you started with them or where Mm -hmm. And I think you know, there's certain iconic photos that you get that I think you you know, in your lifetime you're only allotted so many. You don't get like a you know, long big collection of these things. They just happen, mm. and the question is, are you quick enough to see them? And that's why I'm not, I would never have made a studio uh, photographer. I hate that the thought of dragging lights around and everything. I like like just being in a place in the moment. And one of my favorites was, I've never done a wedding except for one. And I was on the field trip with Alex, actually, that Alex aborted the field trip and started hanging out with me. But we had gone to photograph his grandparents uh, these, the older couple they were still externalizing their corn right cooking it with lime and so for the class who wanted to document that whole thing so you know you start to attract the grandkids you know as you're doing this and they're all watching and want to know what's going on and so <laughs> at the end of all this, were you there on this trip when we did the It was the Barrios. It was um, Guillermo Barrios, not not, not the guy directly in Banamichi, but the brother. The brother. The that and the one Barrio out there. But anyway, so this one little girl comes over to me, and she looks about 14. She said, said, Are you a photographer? Immediately, my mind is going, Oh no, What's, what's okay. What does she want, you know, um, what's involved with this? And she said, well, she said, I'm, I'm getting married in a few months, and we don't have a photographer. I said, there's a lot of photographers. I said, there's people who specialize in weddings. I said, I don't do weddings. Yeah, she said, but we can't afford them.
2: Well, I said, <laughs> <laughs>
1: What makes you? Yeah, you can can afford me. So she was just kind of hoping you'd do it. (laughs) You're hoping I would do this. Okay, right. So I thought, well, this is kind of intriguing, right? The the conversation at that point, I thought, well, where's this going to go? And um, so. Finally, she talked me into it, right? Yeah, it was like. So I said, Well, okay, here's the deal. She said, Well, how much are you going to charge it? And I said, Nothing. And her eyes opened about this (laughs) big. Yeah, I said, Nothing. Well, she said, I have to give you something. I said, Okay, here's the deal. You promised me sincerely that one day when somebody's going to come to you and they're going to need something similar for you to do it for them you promised me today you're going to do that for them it's okay it was great i mean she and the boy i mean they really you know put on their i started at the beauty salon at nine in the morning with her that was great watching the Curls and you know the whole thing go down. It was like, oh my God, this is a whole. It's like getting ready for an opera. And <laughs> I said to the beautician, I said, what do you, um, what are you trying to do? Well, she said, as you can see, she looks about 14 and not old enough to get married. I'm trying to make her look old enough to get married. Well, I said, okay. So we started there. Right, left, drunken uncles by the wayside. Never made it to the wedding. Right, (laughs) but we went down the whole course. You know, the formal photos around town to the, you know, the to the um, to the wedding ceremony in the church. Right, with my amigo Padre Julio Cesar. Right, I love the name. Right, and. Finally, we got to the – oh, it it just continues, this whole thing. It was one little snag after another, and, of course, they get out. The main um, city, you know, the informal plaza building is there for events, but it was occupied. So they booked into the little rodeo arena that had least lights on the outside of town. So we went over there. And the band had come from Canada, and they'd come with all their electronic equipment. Of course, the circuit breakers wouldn't stand up, so they started blowing all the circuits. You yeah, know, this, this drama went on. for. Now. And then the pit-cooked uh, cow or steer that they had, they'd got started late, so it wasn't ready. So, uh, you know, finally by the time the thing came out, it was like 1 o'clock in the morning, right, and still had, you know, no cut cake in, you know, cut in the cake or anything like that, so I said, do I need to stay? She said, I said, who knows when this is, I said, I go to bed at right? 7 <laughs> o'clock, She looked at me like, no, you don't. But, so, oh, she says, yeah, the good, you know, the photos I want are done, right? You can leave. And the crowning touch was a when I, when I learned your name, which was Thelma Yulisa. So, where did your mother get that name? She said from a TV show, I think. Well, it's that movie, Thelma and Louise. <laughs> 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 right? so, uh, so, the whole thing was just in some. I don't ever need to do another wedding, but that was such a good one. Right, I'll, I'd never put the energy into it that I did for that one. I knew that that was going to be a good one. So, and I think I really extracted out of her right in that process, um, right, who she was. Right. And so that was satisfying. I was able to give her something back that, indeed, of course, she's divorced now. I think or so, I don't know, but anyway, for a while there, it was good.
3: It yeah. comes
1: through the feeling of the moment at that time. Oh God, yeah, it, they, t- those images truly do. I mean, that's a good one. Yeah, it's but very... don't ask me to do any more weddings. So, but...
0: <laughs> well, I think that's a great kind of story to to leave off on, and how you know a simple request from a photograph could turn into an amazing uh, story. No, it was. I,
1: yeah. mean, I saw that, and um, some. Oh, I know what she said. I said. Well, She said, it's going to be a totally different kind of wedding. I said, what? Wedding's a wedding. She said, no, it's going to be a boda vaquera. I said, said, what? What Was that, right? Oh, she said, I'm going to wear boots. I'm going to have a hat, right? The horse is going to come. That's what it kind of got. I thought, well, wow. Hmm. This could be pretty interesting. So... Plus the other significant factor, she has the same birthday as me, so I fear <laughs>
0: Bellman uh, Louise, I, same birthday. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All the the stars align. Well, for I
1: recognize the the sort of dialogue coming from her. It's like, well, it's just about what I would do, All right? So that's good. So yeah, that's my life in short down
0: there. Yeah. She she lost her timidness like you did over the course of okay. <laughs> photography just. Oh, I don't think there's anything, Timothy. Yeah, just go out and ask, right? Awesome. Well, I'm glad I asked you to come on along as our uh, exhibition photographer for the Santa Cruz County uh, History Exhibition. I want to thank you also for inviting us here to uh, lovely Canelo. To the Canelo project and taking the time uh, for us to. Yeah, otherwise, to I, learn.
1: You know, I gotta leave here and drive over there. Right?
0: And, yeah. Uh, so,
1: <laughs> you know, better make you guys drive over here. Right? Yeah, and plus. Of course, a lot of it's just the setting that Athena and I have created together. And it's kind of like, and now the boys add to that. and It's like, so um, it's got a whole history behind it in, in that way. But it's a continuation. Well, it's not just from Sonora, right, and that, but it's also from Athena's New Mexico
0: influence coming together in this yeah. in this place. And it, uh,
1: it 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 communicates to people.
0: Yeah, just the drive up here, just the gorgeous, after all the, the green. Yeah, uh, you drive through all of them, and all of a sudden you land here, and it's like, whoa, whoa. where am
1: I? I, a hug. And, I can... <laughs> yeah. and the other thing, <laughs> a nice hug, that's good. But the other thing, too, usually the real... You know, if you drive down the Rio Sonora, you hit the low water crossings where there's no bridges. There's only the one bridge in Balamichi. Half the time you get in the summer, you have to get towed across them. We have a low water crossing down here. It's just creeks, it's so dry, it's not running right now. But it's like just continuation of the same landscape. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Yeah, well, thank you guys for coming. I I'd, I'd fully appreciate the opportunity to do this.
0: And, um, yeah, we're we're looking forward to hopefully you connecting with some of the students, and, too. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, I'd County love and, to do that. I mean, photography.
1: I think I can really uh, inspire them in that way. And Because uh, I work the phone a lot, right? And, like, even Linda's book, um, there's a number of iPhone photos in there. So it doesn't have to be an iPhone. It could be any, you know, any mobile phone. but uh, No, it's a medium I know really well that I rely upon. So, absolutely
0: fantastic. So, thank you.
1: Yeah, no, thank Thank you. you
0: This has been an inspiration uh, to be here and and with all of you guys. And uh, we want to thank you guys so much for tuning in to this uh, latest episode of Santa Cruz County Crossroads of Cultures and Commerce. And uh, we hope to see you in the next edition. Thank you again. Bye bye.